0: Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans And welcome internets to another episode of Fan show the bros are fans or something to that extent this is fan bro show the voice of the urban geek where we discuss geek culture from the perspective of people of color and i am your host dj ben hameen aka wakanda's favorite dj aka the dab nebula aka the <laughs> anti-trife equation aka rolling two chains Here on The Spaceship Tonight, like I said, the voice of the urban geek for all nerds. And as always, I am joined by...
1: Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as the Ahura of the Spaceship, the Black Russian, the Black Rogue, the Sean Jean-Luc Picard, Colleen Wingstop, Trillquist, the Shade Runner, and Ivan Yayo.
2: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Welcome back Tatiana, you know, happy Memorial Day, you yeah. know, have well, big holiday weekend,
1: not so much happy Memorial Day, but definitely a respectful Memorial Day.
0: Yeah, there we go, respectful Memorial Day, there you, you, go. Know. you know, shout out to everyone who gave their lives to, you know, keep freedom in this country, you know, free, you know, it's a relative thing for some people, but hey, you know,
1: <laughs> oh, we'll take no. what we can
0: get, we'll take what we can get here on Fanbro's Show. And you know, uh, speaking of freedom and you know being a relative thing,
1: oh yeah,
0: some harsh, horrible news came down the pipe this week. Underground has, you know, met that axe.
1: So I'm livid. I was livid when uh, it dropped. Actually, was on Twitter uh, maybe two minutes after the news dropped and just completely fuming, and you know what? It's not gonna happen under my watch. We're gonna find underground another home, but before we get to that, I will give you just the the summarized rundown of what happened specifically. So yes, Ben, I mean, underground was canceled um, about back in April, the, the Outsiders, is that the other show? That was also canceled. That was done to lead up to this thing that has happened where WG, WGN America, the network that carries underground, is part of Tribune. And it has been bought by um, a, a cluster of networks or a, a, I don't know what you want to call it, but they're called Sinclair. Sinclair is a more or less a conservative outlet that uh, had often, during the election, m- purposefully would run a lot of pro-Trump ads or anything that was uh, challenging against Hillary Clinton. Um, they actually were distributed to Sinclair stations on a must-run basis. So just I'm giving you that understanding of what or who Sinclair is. Um, and that's the company that bought Tribune Tribune, Tribune owns WGN America. Now, according to WGN's America's um, president and also Tribune, they're saying, well, one, they don't want to do scripted series anymore and that's not in the direction that they're going in going forward. And the question is, so, what direction are you guys going in? The direction yeah. is possibly a Fox News rival.
0: Yeah, I mean, who really gives a shit on that end? You know, we just won't be watching WGN anymore. But Not
1: that anyone watched WGN, but... What I do and, give a shit about is that these shows that actually pe- that are critically acclaimed bring in a ridiculous amount of viewers. We're talking about a million on average for Underground has been cut.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's but, the problem.
0: I, but like you said, it will find a home as John Legend, the producer on Underground has already stated that, you know, they're not giving up on this just because. WGN has decided to go in a different direction. They'll find another home because, you know, a million viewers a week cannot be ignored. Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, someone is going to pick this joint up.
1: AMC, FX, somebody I mean, got to pick this up. Yeah. I will tell you that BET was already approached with this. They said nah. OWN uh-huh. was approached with this. They said nah, which is actually very surprising. Damn, but what pe what what I've throughout my research, what I've discovered is the show Underground costs five million an episode. Yes, so I knew that, that. Price tag may be an Ooh. issue for some. I don't understand from Viacom, but for a scripted series that what has about ten episodes a season, something like that. Yeah, th- that that adds up. Which is why I believe that they they need to get picked up by one of the tech companies. They need to get picked up by Hulu or Amazon Video mm-hmm. or Netflix to really. Just have the freedom to do what they want because these companies have the cash to burn and they are they have the they have the DNA of of being free in order to to onboard these types of shows.
0: Yeah, that would definitely be the best look because five million and you know adding up to fifty million or plus per season, that's going to cost any network like even an HBO or someone is going to think twice right. about. But that. how
1: much does Game of Thrones cost? That can't but be cheap. Th-
0: but Game of Thrones is also a massive, massive hit, you know, like... Especially for a cable network and, you know, also features white people, so...
1: Well, yeah, but my yeah. I, my, my <laughs> only point was they do... Networks like that have the capacity to take on yes, something like an underground. Will they? I don't know. But but I like you said, this will definitely find a home. I had mentioned before, I'm not going to let it go down like that. I will advocate for it and make sure the right people... You know, talk to the right people as much as I can because this can't happen. oh it's, no, the show's <laughs> yeah. too good.
0: I'm not even worried about it. I know that Underground is going to find a home one way or the other. I'm not even worried. Now, a little bit that I am concerned about is WGN also had Scalped, which is a TV show based on one of my favorite comic books of all time. It takes place on a Native American reservation, and it's just about in present day. And it's like The Wire or like Breaking Bad on a Native American reservation. It features all Native cast. It's just a brilliant comic book. And I'm really worried about where it's trying to go because they started production in April and they wore for WGN. So with them being canceled and not even, you know, a season done yet, who knows if it's even going to come out on another network like a Netflix or something or if it's just going to get thrown by the wayside. And I hope not because Scalped is so ill. If you've never read it, go check it out. It's such a great comic book. And, you know, just like Underground... It's a show that needs to be made because it talks about issues and things that just are not seen on TV today. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that and Underground find new homes very soon. We'll be advocating for both. Like Tatiana said, you know, we'll be delivering you more news as it comes along. And, you know, we got a crazy episode tonight. You know, it's another story thunder in 2017 you know we are not stopping nope. thank you to all the listeners all the old and new ones make sure you're subscribed on itunes on soundcloud you know follow us on youtube hit us up on youtube on that FanBroshow show page and the loudspeaker network page and we're going to take a quick break right here and we'll be right back with more FanBros. bros Hi, this is Brian Fuller, and when I'm not riding, I'm listening to Fan
2: Bros.
1: Welcome back, Fan Bros. You know, this is the most incredible, amazing episode. Until next week, because, you know, we always got incredible, amazing (laughs) episodes coming.
3: No, I think this one might be the one, though.
1: Oh. I'm just saying.
3: I'm just saying. I'm here. You guys are here. I feel like, I don't know if we can talk it. I'm just being, I mean, listen, I love the show. I'm just saying. Okay? I'm just saying.
1: Well, that voice you heard, ladies and gentlemen, was the one and only Justin Simeon, introducing himself.
3: I'm very modest, so uh, it's all spoken, as you can tell. (laughs) Got the quiet storm going on over there.
1: If you don't know who Justin Simeon is, he is the writer, director and creator of the hit, yes, hit Netflix series, Dear White People, as well as the movie by the same name. He's a graduate of Chapman University and a third coast raised houstonian i know ben i am never <laughs> that. the third, third coast, coast. Oh, you already know <laughs> oh yes so um justin he's won many accolades um including the u.s dramatic special jury award he's won the audience award at the sundance film festival festival back in 2014 um he's also been named varieties magazines 10 directors to watch list he's also on fanbro show which knows he's lit
3: Obviously, this is doesn't highlight. get much Obviously. better than this. It's highlight, yo. So,
1: he's at the top of this game right now. <laughs> he's at the pinnacle of media right now. Welcome, Justin. Hey,
3: Ooh. thank you for having me, y'all.
0: All right, I'm really right. a fan. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you, sir. Because yeah. we're huge fans of yours as well. Awesome. So, you know, it's a mutual thing right mutual, now.
3: Mutual, mutual love fest.
0: And, you know, we got to start this off right because, like we were saying earlier, I think you might be our first guest. From my hometown. Is that so? Yes. I That's think crazy. so. I know. And it is wow. crazy. I really do think so. That's crazy. That is crazy. But wow. yes, Justin is from H Town. That's right.
1: Going down. That's right.
0: And to be more specific, he is from the southeast south side there we go. of Houston. <laughs> the best part. The only part worth mentioning <laughs> to anyone living on the north side. I'm sorry about that. But you know. <laughs> So what was it like, man, being a creative, you know, young black man growing up in the deep south of,
3: wow. of Houston? Listen, it wasn't always Playhouse. fun. It, was, it wasn't always fun, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, there was no, like, tradition, you know, in my family of doing art for a living. So mm-hmm. me deciding I wanted, I mean, I knew I wanted to be a filmmaker at a really young age. I didn't know that's what it was called, but I just knew that the stuff I was seeing on TV and in movie theaters, like, since I was 10, like, mm-hmm. I wanted to make that stuff. Yep. And, um, you know, I think my mom really encouraged it as kind of like a hobby. But <laughs> There was really no, like, you know, you can do it because nobody in my family knew that that was a successful route right for a black man to have. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I always felt kind of in between. You know, uh, as we talked about, I grew up in, uh, you know, on Yellowstone Boulevard. And um, I had, you know, I, it's a all-black neighborhood, but I went to magnet school. So. Where'd you go to school? So uh, elementary, I went to Longfellow Elementary. Okay. Okay. Shout out to Longfellow. Uh, Clifton for middle school and then HSPVA for high school. Yep. And each one of those schools I'm being bussed away to predominantly white schools, except for HSPVA. HSPVA is pretty diverse, but I'm being bussed away to predominantly white schools, but I'm growing up in a predominantly black neighborhood. You know, so on one side I talk white and I'm not black enough. And on the other <laughs> side, you know, I'm not invited to birthday parties because I'd be the only one. So like <laughs> I got invited because I was the only see, one. See, <laughs> you know, by the time by the time I was in middle school and high school, it was cool. It was like, you know, they wanted the one yeah, new girlfriend yeah. to come through. But in elementary it wasn't like that. So um yeah, I mean, growing up in Houston, feeling like an outsider, there's really no better way to be a creative than to feel like an outsider in some way, to be honest. It really mm-hmm. gives you a story to tell, but It was awkward at the time. I'm not going (laughs) to (laughs) lie.
0: I'm quite sure. And then you went to PVA, which for people who don't know is the Performing and Visual Arts School in Houston, which is like straight everything, acting, directing, anything you wanted to do. Mm. So what was that experience like? Because I wanted to go there, but I heard that it was like most of Houston, racist (laughs) as hell. And so I skipped it.
3: You know what? It really was where I came into my own. It's really where I kind of figured out what kind of artist I wanted to be. Um, You know, it. You know, they didn't have a filmmaking program at the time. Uh, And being a naive kid, I was like, well, theater is kind of like filmmaking. So I did my little (laughs) acting audition. And by the grace of God, got in that school and did, you know, study theater for four years. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was probably one of the best four years of my life. I just sort of like, you know, in that school, you're just constantly going. I would get up at 4 a.m. Get to school. I would. I would. Uh, the library iMac. People knew was mine. So I had a special key. I had a special key to the library. I would go in and I would edit my short films on the iMac. School would start about eight something. You know, we have our academic classes. We break for lunch, and then we have our theater classes, and then you have rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I mean, it was like a full time job. Yeah. But we were kids and. Man, it was just nothing Nothing was as fun as that, to be honest with you. It was just you you were constantly on adrenaline, trying to get stuff done, trying to put work out there. All right. Now, a lot of people look at you and think
0: of you as this overnight success. You know, it's like you just came out of nowhere. But what they don't realize is you've been working on Dear White People as a film and as a series. I mean, it's a project
3: for Damn near what, over a decade now? Yeah, yeah, 12 years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, working on Dear White People, amongst other things that, you know, Obviously. we ain't even talking about it yet. <laughs> that hopefully, will one day happen too. Um, but yeah, I mean, the first draft uh, I wrote in 2005, uh, sort of after my senior year in college. And um, it was one of those things that I just kept picking up and sort of refreshing for the times I was in. And then, you know, eight years uh, into bu- into publicity, I was working in publicity uh, in Hollywood on, at various studios. I just sort of decided, you know, by hook or by crook, I gotta get this movie made. This has gotta be my first feature. And I just wasn't gonna take no for an answer. And, you know, it, that took even more years, but eventually we got it through. But it was not <laughs> in any way, shape or form an overnight success. No way. (laughs) So how did you maintain focus like through all those years
0: of, you know, knowing that you had this greatness, but, you know, you're working and
3: publishing. It just hurt. It just hurt more not doing it than it did to face the blank keyboard, you know, to face the blank computer screen. It wasn't easy to do it. Um. You know, there were times I was scared of being evicted, having to move back to Houston. <laughs> uh, you know, there, there were times when I just felt like, gosh, there's really no lane at all for this kind of story and mm-hmm. for the kind of stories I want to tell. Um, yeah, I mean, I faced that, you know, I've I dealt with depression and um, uh, anxiety and, and fear. But here's the thing. I was fortunate to have a tribe around me in Los Angeles. It started with you know, some good friends that I met uh, at my first job, but then we started a writer's group and that just expanded over the years. And you know, there was always someone to tell me you can do it. I believe in this project. And like I said, I just sort of decided like, listen, if it takes me 10, 20 years to get this movie made, when the movie gets made, I'm, that's gonna be better than 10, 20 years not even trying. Mm. And once it, once that was clear to me, you know, nothing would stop me. Straight I think that's up.
1: important that you mention that, particularly self-care. Because in many creative facets of life, like, that's one thing that... Even non-creative, just strictly uh, uh, illogical. Like, people don't think about themselves. Like, in yeah. terms of taking care of themselves. Yeah. And you had already mentioned that you surrounded yourself with like-minded people. People who you could feel supportive with. Now, that being said, just... Going through this process, like were they able to stay with you through the entire kind of beginning to end of, of getting this story out here or it was kind not of like
3: everybody, you know, mm. we had like uh, when I produced the, the when we did the film, it was me and my friends, you know, it was mm. me. It was Lena Waithe. It was Angel Lopez. It was Ann Lee. We were the producers. And then uh, Stephanie Elaine came on board to executive produce and she brought on Effie Brown. And mm. that's not the team that is around me for the TV show. Uh, for a variety of reasons, because wow. Hollywood is really awkward <laughs> and contracts and business. Listen, it's it's it can be a mess, but at the end of the day, you know we have each other's back. We have each other's projects in mind, and any of those mm-hmm. people can call me and say, "Yo, I'm working on this." Can you help me push it to the next level? Can you give me some advice? And I'm there, and vice versa. Um, and I remember, you know, Lena and I, who are, you know, it's her birthday today, by the way. Happy
1: uh, birthday. Uh,
3: Lena Waithe, who you can catch on Master of None, playing Denise. Um, oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So, she, you know, she and I, we, we're we just like dust from the star besties. And I, I can't tell you how many times... Uh, I was on watch is what we would call it. You know, one of us would be yeah. on watch for some reason or the other. <laughs> Something didn't work out, you know, couldn't pay some bill, whatever the case may be. You know, unemployment didn't come through. One of us would be on watch and we'd go to Kitchen 24 and we'd charge, you know, pancakes or our credit cards and we'd just talk about life. And she, I remember so many times she looked at me and said, Justin, your steps are ordered. It's gonna happen. Mm. Fear and faith can't exist in the same place. And I mm. would nod and I would say, Lena, I'm so happy for you that you believe that for yourself. But it did, it had an effect, you know. It's like uh, she and all of my friends really helped me up. And I'm I'm so happy that I can do that for them. And and I just I don't know. It's just we formed a really good group there.
1: That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Can you please tell her that that eighth episode of Master dude, of None second season, dude, Listen, I, I still haven't watched 9 and 10. I, I Listen, I
3: just went, Master None is my shit. I'm going to go back and watch as disease. Don't worry. Yep. But I did just watch her episode because I just had to watch it. And I was like, first of all, Lena, how dare you put my life on the screen? <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, you know, just to see her come so far And I always told her I was like, Lena, you're gonna be in front of the camera Like, it's, it's, it's a matter of time She'd be like, nah, 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 I'm a writer It's not what I do, da, da da And, you know, in between cracking jokes and making everybody laugh And I tried so hard to give her lines in the movie And she just refused uh, And then cut to, she's in Master Nun Just stunting, trying to win Emmys Stunting You know, uh, whatever, <laughs> I'm not bitter Uh, <laughs> no, uh but, that's, but that's my girl But, I mean, like speaking of, you know, getting
0: Recognition, you know, right now I checked it today, still holding down 100% on Rotten Tomatoes with dear white people. You know How Sundance you get that Awards. One hater critic? I'm waiting for it. The one know.
1: that pulled down. <laughs> I, th- I uh, thought Armand was
0: it? Ain't Amanda or whatever? Yeah, I thought you yeah, 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 yeah. was, dr- uh, it though,
3: yeah. yeah, was drinking. It's, it's a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Like you can't get too cut up because I'm like I'm never gonna beat. Like it's only yeah. downhill from here. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> thank you, but you've also given me a complex. <laughs> <Yeah>. Critics. <But laughs>
0: speaking on that, what does validation mean to you? Like would it be more important for you to win, let's say, a BET Award or the
3: Sundance? Um, well, okay, that's a pointed question. Uh... <laughs> it's an honest question. <laughs> um, for me, it's really not about awards. It's not a diplomatic answer, but it's just not. Like, I don't sit down and think about awards. Like, mm-hmm. I have an intention. I, I There's something I want to get across, and I'm always worried as to whether or not I did it. And so, for me, the gratification is knowing that we put our blood, sweat, tears, feet into this show... And, um, I, you know, I made the show that I wanted to make, and I was proud of it, and I believed in it. And to see that it landed with people, uh, especially people who look like me, but also people who don't look like me, um, that's really what matters to me. And, and so when the reviews come out, you know, I'll skim. I'll get a sense of, like, did it land mostly or not? Mm-hmm. And then I don't really get into it because it's just like I know that I, w- I would obsess and yeah. it's just not healthy and it's just not how an artist should work, you know? Some of my favorite filmmakers and my favorite films of all time, you go back and you look at these reviews and they are split, you know what I mean? Like, Do the Right Thing, 2001 A Space Genesis, Odyssey, yeah. uh, All That Jazz, like all of the great filmmakers and films. Like, these people had to endure folks not getting it. And mm-hmm. if I if I wanna be brave enough to be like my, my heroes one day, I can't be paying too much attention to what people say, uh, at least critically about my work. I have to have the guts to say it anyway. And so, you know, it's dope to have 100% of Rotten Tomatoes, especially because people are on the fence about the title and they're not sure and da-da-da-da-da. It helps us, like, get more people to see the show. Um, But I have to try to remind myself, like, don't take it personally if it's bad or if it's good. Just don't Mm. take it personally.
1: I e stop reading the IG comments. Listen, <laughs> comments in general, I see you're clear from. Stop reading the YouTube comments. Yeah. Disable the YouTube, oh, comments. YouTube
3: comments, please. I'm not. I love myself way too much for that. <laughs> yeah. That. yeah.
1: I, I'm gonna. I want to touch upon uh, a phrase you said a few minutes earlier. You said, "Talk white." Mm. Now that's something that often comes up when we're talking about the the being black mm-hmm. uh, when when people put it in a monolithic sense, the being a Black American. Yeah. And this show, dear white people to me it's it's many different things but to me one of the most foremost things is that is an exercise in measuring blackness yeah i mean you have things like the 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 woke enough app or mm-hmm. you know the woke <laughs> app
2: um
1: <laughs> what you just said like it just really took to heart like the stuff that's kind of ingrained in us growing up in this country yeah uh what is your take on just that whole understanding within their white people that even the characters themselves, whether you know whether they were talking about other people or themselves, they were constantly just measuring against each other about right. who's most who who was black yeah. who's really black who's more black than the other like what is what is all that about
3: here 's the thing it's a trap right <laughs> <laughs> we've been bamboozled we've been hoodwinked, okay, like this idea of like who's black enough and what da-da-da. us even defining ourselves that way is a product of white supremacy and, hey and now not, get, not not to <laughs> not to go in too soon, but i'm just saying like this whole you know, I've been sort of talking about this a lot because people we don't people don't understand our history in this country. Go
1: in, please. This and, is the show you go in on. And
3: the way listen, <laughs> the black white divide it was an invention. It was invented. It has not been here since time immemorial. You know, when the slaves were set free, a bunch of Irishmen and and Englishmen and Frenchmen said, you know what. We don't want them to be citizens, though. So let's create this thing called white, and we're all Americans, and you folks aren't, and you'll never be. Irish people may be Italians, let's give yeah. it a couple decades, but black people, for sure, you will never be a part of this thing called white. You are part of a thing called black, and that was the most polite way that they, they put it. They created, uh, the folks at that time created this dynamic where, you know, we were subhuman. They had all kinds of words to define us as if we were a different species, and and so we've taken that on over the years, and now we're arguing with each other about who's black enough. Listen, it's, we're, it's, they got us hoodwinked, y'all. Like, Just give it up. These people are not walking around thinking about how, who's white enough, okay? They don't spend their mental energy on that crap, all right? Mm-hmm. So um, we shouldn't. Like, the, the longer we are taking trying to define ourselves by other people's terms, the less energy that we have to figure out who we really are. And that's at the core of what this show is to me. And I'm not saying that white people alive are to blame for this system, but I think that we're never going to undo the system unless everybody kind of wakes up to that's what's going on. And the history is the present. It, there's no way to escape it. That's it's it's been proven statistically. It's proven in our experiences and our anecdotal experiences and our stories, you know. Um, so yeah, the black enough thing. It's it's a it, to me. It's a thing that we get caught up in, um, and our self worth gets caught up in it. Uh, but like I said, it's not even it doesn't serve us in any way, shape or form to have that conversation with each other.
0: No. And I i mean, Justin, you're going to you're going to catch it saying that on the show, because I've been talking this, this for this like all, the last three <laughs> months. <laughs> or so. I've been trying to explain to people and they just don't because I understand, you know, it's been decades. It's just been hundreds of years yeah. of considering yourself black and I'm black and proud. Yeah. Sounds good. But in the end, all that is separation, is know? separation, you know? And it's a separate, it's it doesn't, forced.
3: it doesn't mean don't be proud of no, being black. No, never it that. And it doesn't mean like, listen, like we're all human beings and race is a construct and all that stuff. But we are in a country where race does matter, mm-hmm. where no matter who you are on the inside, you could be a yogi on the mountain, realizing that you are, the, you know, the nature and experience of all that, whatever when you walk around in america you're perceived as black so mm-hmm. that's the same as being black yep. you know we can't we can't escape that fact of our lives but to me, it is a waste of time trying to figure out who's black enough and who's woke enough and who's this enough. Because it's really just a distraction from what we really mm-hmm. need to be about and deal with.
0: That's why I always love Trick Daddy, because he just said it straight. It's like no <laughs> matter where you from, yeah. you still mm. a Nick. You know, it's yeah, like your, yeah. your parents weren't slaves. You You're from the islands.
3: You you can't you know, escape it. It, it don't just, matter. The What you are in society that's a real thing. It keeps you from certain places and it pushes you in other places. And we can't pretend like it doesn't exist cuz it does. And and we should be proud of being black cuz the the world is always telling us that we shouldn't be proud of it in little ways and ways that are subversive and pervasive. So yeah, I think it's important to say I'm black and I'm proud, but it's also important to know that you're more than that too. And all right,
0: now speaking on that, the one of the things about the show is definitely like you said it's about colorism and you know, you start off, you have uh, Sam, who is, you know, mixed, and she is militant as hell. Mm-hmm. And when I first started watching the show, I was feeling her because that's me. You know, I'm a an angry-ass person most of the <laughs> time, you know? And then, but as I watched more and more, I found Sam to be hella annoying. Hella, she was doing too much. Hella self By the end, I was like, yeah. girl, please. Yeah, sit your ass down somewhere, like, hella self-righteous. And... I grew to love Coco. Even though I like mm-hmm. Coco from the gate, it yeah. was like by the mm-hmm. end of it, I wanted Coco to bounce on the whole crew, <laughs> go be president, you <laughs> right, know, and right, just right, right. call the date. Yeah. And so it's like, what led you to, you know, were, did the characters d- dictate their own routes or was this your intention from the beginning?
3: Yeah. I mean, what, what I always asked in the writer's room is like, who, what is this person's journey with what they are in society and who they are? how are those things gonna how do those things come into conflict for these characters and and what journey can we take them on based on that and the other thing is point of view you know, the reason you love Sam from the beginning is because we're watching her through her own eyes. And then we kind of, you know, some people feel some type of way about Coco because we're watching Coco through Sam's eyes. And Mm -hmm. when we get to Coco's story, then we get into her skin. And, you know, part of that was definitely intentional for you to sort of like make these quick judgments about characters and then realize, oh, but I'm about to follow them home now. And it gives you a whole different perspective as to who they are. So, you know, the global story as to like what happens to the kids as a whole, that's something that was pretty clear for me Uh, Going into the writer's room But the thing I wanted to do Is like be really truthful And honest about these Very personal journeys That these characters are going on So whenever we were on an episode We knew where we were Like you know In terms of the world of Winchester, but we had a specific story to tell in that thirty minutes about this person mm-hmm. yeah. and their relationships and their relationships with themselves, independent of what you know racial politics are kind of swirling around
1: yeah, them. Yeah. I, I think that was very clever that you um, you and your team wrote this story in that way, the the, the Netflix story, just because again there were so many parts that weren't explored in a theater mm-hmm. and in film because just you just don't have the time to do that. You don't have the space to do that. And even when you were going back and forth between different characters, like when you first went into Coco's story, I was like, yes finally we get to know, figure out, you know, why did she feel this way, why she's so strongly against, you know, a lot of the, the activism that Sam's about. And then when it ended, I actually got mad. I'm like, mm. Oh, so we're not going back to Coco? Like what's, what's what's Coco's because I just feel like to me she she represented I vibed with her the most. Yeah. Um and just, just just overall, the way that you have the characters interacting with each other and their own personal intersections. Like you have each each episode where it merges and, and melds into each other. Like you yeah. you'll you'll go from one scene of Sam talking to Coco and then the next episode you switch the perspective. Yeah and like you may repeat some of the words from the rest, but that's like this nice train that goes yeah. along, moves along. So it's all connected and it's it's very I appreciate it. This is Thank just you. me saying I appreciate that. I, pre- <laughs> I, I appreciate that.
3: Because that's what, you know, like I said, it was done with love and it was done yeah. intentionally and for people Thank you for saying that. For people to pick up on it, it's dope. I mean, that's why. Yeah. That's well, why we tell stories. I mean, it
1: made sense, and I would say even someone had no idea like what this was about, or how to go into it. It was very easy for them to start on you know, step one and mm-hmm. then follow the train very easy, follow yeah. the path very easy.
0: Yeah, because yeah. like she said, I really loved it. one thing. I really loved about it was because I watched the first episode. I was like, okay, this is cool and it's funny. But then it was like the second episode I was like okay we're starting to get different characters that's mm-hmm, interesting mm-hmm. but then when you hit I think the fourth or fifth and you did the flashback episode yeah, yeah, yeah. that's when I was yeah. like oh okay this dude yeah. ain't playing like this yeah. is for real like this is serious we're going like deep. <laughs> yeah cuz you're showing how like their relationship you know Coco and Sam's relationship formed and then how it kind of broke off yeah. and why it broke off you and know and also
3: how these their independent struggles and journeys end up you know in the calamity that ensues yeah. because mm-hmm. you know Every, multiple calamities yeah, everybody in the show is is following what they think is the best thing to do yep and it just still doesn't work out or maybe it does i don't know spoiler alert uh, <laughs> but you know i think that that's important because i feel like we're that's where we're at right now we've all been struggling and doing the best we can and the country is still the way it is and in some ways it's worse and it's it's hard to kind of take a look in the mirror and say Damn, did I was I a part of that in some way? Is there something I'm Mm -hmm. not doing right? Is there something? Is there a different like perspective on this I need to have because uh, you know the world still doesn't quite reflect me.
1: (laughs) What What was the decision behind doing an episode with Gabe's point of view? Like, was it just simply just a logical thing? Like, well, everyone else got a story, so why not him? Or was it something else?
3: Yeah, for me, it was it was important to ponder. What his point of view, not because I think that, you know, white people need to be serviced and there's not like enough white (laughs) narratives (laughs) out there. But the idea of, you know, how a well-meaning person can contribute to a racist society from their point of view was interesting to me, because I think a lot of times what we do is we get in our little silos and our little bubbles and we're not even willing to like understand how we got here. And so in that in that respect alone, I wanted to explore how what Gabe thought about being a quote unquote white face in a black face in a black place in an overwhelmingly white place. (laughs) And also because, you know, there's a lot of folks watching the show who feel like Gabe, who are constantly getting their foot stuck in their mouths because they're around black folks and they're trying to say the right thing and maybe they're trying too hard and Mm -hmm. they don't know. I wanted them to see themselves in the show too. Why? Because this show is a conversation piece, you know, it's as much as it is about representation and it's very much about representation. You know, it's always going to be a black led cast, in my opinion. Um, But I'm not only just willing to. I'm very interested in exploring how other races intersect with this black thing, because. The truth is, is racism in America against black people, it really does have a trickle effect to every race, to every kind of person in this country. I mean, you literally see with what's going on politically how American racism, literally American racism against black people puts a crazy person in the highest office of the world. Yes. So that connection affects literally everybody. And it's important for me as a storyteller for everyone to see how we got here. From you know, all kinds of points of views,
1: yeah, and you and you were very strong willed and making sure that you at least if it's not a full blown conversation about it you put in different aspects of you mentioned other races people of color you have the young age woman that mm-hmm. comes in and she makes that it's a quick quip but if you're not <laughs> paying attention you'll miss it but yeah. it was like she was just like well you know y'all lucky that y'all got those you know yeah. corny movies you don't like I get you know yeah. the kung fu movie <laughs> yeah, basically <exactly>. and, <laughs> and, and, it, and it's just like something that we hear all the time within our own family members with our own people who visit the show like mm. It's there's always so many different levels to it, and it all seems to come from the 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 miseducation of the Negro, almost. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just as you said, it's this crazy trickle down effect.
3: Yeah, it is. And again, we're all connected, whether we want to believe that yeah. or not. <laughs> so uh, we all honestly, we all need to be having this conversation together. I, I think it's easier not to include certain people in the conversation, but I don't know how we change it that way. I really don't.
0: Okay, now I did have not really a criticism, maybe a misunderstanding, because I really didn't feel gay by the end of it. I mean, I wasn't mm. feeling Sam either. But <laughs> he, uh, was,
1: he was being a little weak sauce and at the I, end. I felt, yeah. I felt like they. Oh, fine though.
0: okay. Hey, white Very <laughs> <babe. laughs> Adam Driver. But go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. but I felt like he. Kind of got let off the hook a little easy. Mm-hmm. Like he was trifling as hell. I mean, just the work. I mean, he he reverted to like the worst stereotypes of the white dude. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna call the cops as soon as you know the police. You know, <laughs> oh my god, but why are
1: you afraid? That yeah, I don't want nobody to get hurt. Yeah, like <laughs> it, we, they just it was. I see if someone pulled out a weapon of some sort, but it was just a typical shoving, pushing but, mask. So if somebody punched up someone in the face. Sure, yeah,
3: yeah, sure.
0: But what I really didn't understand was why he decided to leave. I mean, spoiler: why he decides to leave Sam at the end of it all.
3: I don't think he was equipped emotionally no. for the journey that being with her would be would mean for him. Mm. I think she was a girl that he loved and liked and was super into, but to take on. All of that, he wasn't ready for it. And here's the deal, you know, I'm in an interracial relationship. And the thing is, is like, you gotta deal with this. This is not, this is a part of my experience. And, and, and if we're going to be together this is something that we got to get on the same page on and that you've got to take on in a way because it is so much about my experience and I don't think he was ready to do that and you know the other thing is too like I don't really want you to like everybody <laughs> I, <laughs> want I, to, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I want you to yeah I want you to believe that they're doing what they're doing um, for reasons that make sense to them but other than that I, I really don't I don't want you to like everybody and just you know if I if I if I get a sense that audiences like someone in particular, I'm going to probably reveal something about them just so that you know, because that's what human beings are, is what we're all about, you know yep. you can't peg somebody into any box even if it's a positive or a negative, that's part of the human experience, but yeah, I mean, going back to your question, I mean, for me um, listen, their story's not over, hopefully we have more seasons, but these are also kids yeah. <laughs> they're in their early 20s and they're going to change they're going to change, they really don't know who they are yet, and it just felt it just felt mm-hmm. honest, it just felt like if if I was a 20-something white guy that was just into this girl and that meant taking on like protests and counter-protests and being blamed for this and not knowing what to... I don't know. I don't know yeah. that he would just be that down.
1: He, he definitely started tripping out. I mean, having like the Goyard and the um, yeah, the exploitation yeah. yeah, yeah. imaginations <laughs> about what is Sam now, doing with Reggie. Hilarious. When <laughs> he had to
0: do the right thing, flashback, <laughs> yeah. I was <laughs> Like
1: he was Thank tripping. The <laughs> left
2: left <nipple>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was tripping. I and mean, even, even that... Like even that, that that whole imagination sequences that he was going through to me, it also reminded me just of kind of the, the white thought of what Black America the, yeah, is. Yeah, the white gaze. On the white the, gaze, on the black, like yeah. the caricatures of There's what blackness is.
3: Yeah, there certainly was. We almost had a line where, <laughs> where after the black exploitation one, he goes, "Okay, that was a little racist." Like, <laughs> <laughs> My Nubian, that was yeah, yeah, so good yeah. though. But oh, we, but, you she know, killed that one. We cut the line because it, because I wanted audiences to feel that themselves yeah. you know what I mean and still maybe like gay, maybe not but kind of be like
1: oh, I girl. just thought it was funny yeah like
3: seeing them that way okay but he but
1: he he saw the many different I mean he's a film student so he's yeah, gonna yeah, yeah. trip out in that way anyway but it was just to your point it's yeah. just like where are you coming with this
0: <laughs> see that that was funny because me being a film student myself I was the same way like I wasn't I mean, I w- I've been gay before, you know, where yeah, I've had yeah. that imagination. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. she's <laughs> off doing this, you know. <laughs> and, <it's>
2: like,
0: <laughs> and you get the whole scene in your head. So that killed me when he got to that. But, okay, another part of the show, I mean, like we were talking about before, one of the main themes of it is protest mm-hmm. and the value of protest. And, like, does protest have any value today? And one thing that I have a real problem with, I mean, not a problem with, is I feel like, the word problematic is just overused now, Mm -hmm. like everything, Mm -hmm. you know, like, have we reached like peak problematic? Because like, in the show, I was crying. At the final protest, when the frat shows up and starts like, "What's the chant?
3: We can whine, too. We got like that was like what's the What's the chant? Black lives matter, blue lives I too. We got shit, shit to, to Whine about, about too. too. Yeah. I'm crying. <laughs> I was like, who is this
1: this Milo
2: guy that he wrote in? <laughs>
0: but see, that's not even
1: Milo. That's no, the That's it's, thing. Not. That's- it's <laughs> just. Remi- but it reminds me of an amalgamation of people like Milo. Yeah, and, and because the people on Twitter, like yeah, the trolls, yeah, and yeah. just everyone saying, "Well, you know, why can't I say nigga? Yeah." Why can I do yeah. this? What's wrong with that? Like
0: And and then there was another scene um with uh, Lionel mm-hmm. when he's with Troy and he tells him, "Yo, stop saying pause." Mm-hmm.
2: You know, mm-hmm. because
0: that's like the um heterosexual, you know, pushing your norms on me. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm I'm crying laughing at that, but at the same time I know that could be serious and yeah. the other some people that could be super serious. So it's right, like right. how do we manage when everyone has a
3: gripe? I mean, the thing is this, it's a, it comes down to what kind of person do you want to be? What kind of friend do you want to be? If if something that I say deeply offends and hurts someone that's close to me, I'm not gonna say it anymore. Whether mm-hmm. that's pause, a or nigger, a or faggot, or whatever it might be. Yep. Excuse, I just said all the things. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm sorry uh, yeah. to the listeners. They've um, <laughs> heard but, it before. <laughs> but I also think I also think that like I think that here's the weird part. In a lot of ways. And I'm gonna I'm gonna speak an I. As a black person, I have defined myself defined myself many times by my pain and by my struggle. Mm-hmm. And because that's like a defining thing of me, it that can be appropriated. Definitions and identities can be appropriated. So I think what's happening now is people say, if you if you're finding like because we kind of find purpose in our struggle because yes. our struggle is real we have yeah. actual <laughs> oppression that we're fighting here. Um, but I think I think some people you know well I want to have a cause as well. Yes, and you know <laughs> it's a, it's a way to build an identity and and to have a purpose in life. And I think that the key here is like we we if we're going to talk about racism. We got it's different than bigotry and it's different than prejudice. All three things are horrible. Yes, but racism is very specific. Racism is a system of disadvantage based on the color of a person's skin. Just by being black and by having a black name, that means like statistically speaking, it's been proven, you know, you you are going to have a fraction of the income as your exact equal white counterpart. You're going to have less access to education, less access to health care. There are some parts of the country where your your life is in danger, specifically because of the color of your skin. Um, that's oppression. That's a system of oppression. And I think that, you know, people are getting caught up in like safe spaces and, and this offends me. And da, da I think there is, I think there's that there's a purpose to that conversation. Mm-hmm. And particularly when there are new kinds of voices emerging in the co- in the culture, like the trans community, I do think that we owe them the responsibility perspective hearing out what it is that they feel oppressed by and I think that everyone should have a space to talk about that but it's not all equal no okay? you know you feeling butt hurt because the name of my show is dear white people is not the same <laughs> as systemic oppression it's no. just not and not all of those things deserve protests and organizing you know what I'm saying like the supposed you know people who feel like there's an anti-white movement and all that stuff <laughs> Please. What is your income, though? <laughs> Where are you living, and what? Like,
0: what's your average income you, for families? Yeah, how <laughs> are
3: you? How are you yeah. oppressed by you know a marginalized community talking about their experience? I can see how you might be. You might feel guilty. I guess you have your feelings hurt. Maybe your feelings are hurt. Yeah, that's you're in you your feelings, taking but... things personally. I don't know, but I don't see how you're oppressed by that, and I don't see how that um is worth uh sort of like furthering a system that is honestly fatal to a lot of us
0: mm-hmm. and uh, because i'm like i understand because i you know like i was saying right now everyone has a protest mm-hmm. and then i know people who are like oh you know fake outrage and these will be like people of color saying that and i'm like bro you might need to chill but you're, you might not understand this outrage yeah. but it's not really fake and the other thing is people are like or I'll talk to you know privileged people and they'll be like oh everyone's mad you got, always got something to complain about I'm like no the difference is that we all have a voice now yeah and now you're hearing us complain now you're hearing it. yeah we've always been we've there. always <laughs> been mad and angry about being oppressed
3: like that right? I mean you like know we
0: supposed to just yeah. sit there and yeah, take we it. weren't happy in slavery folks
3: <laughs> and I think it's like I think people are just inconvenient to hear that someone else is having a different experience than they are because it mean but you know what I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> i'm inconvenienced by the trump presidency so okay let's all talk about how we're inconvenienced by racism i I get that it's a draining conversation but listen i was born drained by the conversation Uh, we gotta have it Mm -hmm. we do
1: i want to make sure we get to this this is not as serious okay but defamation and derricka 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 my life Mm -hmm. okay so let's talk about it um (laughs) Why did you decide to insert that? First of all, hilarious. There are exact mirror images of yeah, these, yeah. these people, these shows. What made you put those into the the Dear White People show on Netflix and also center them? Because like Defamation particularly is yeah, very yeah. centered.
3: Well, part of it is I don't, have a choice like when I'm writing something occurs to me and I laugh out loud and it's gonna go in I mean and there's a lot of you know listen these are the shows that I watch so I in a, in, a, in some ways I'm kind of making fun of myself but I'm also sort of putting our culture in the screen on the screen who hasn't been to that watch party you know right. what I mean that talk back to the, the screen viewing party, party. <laughs> and the thing is like we are actually as black folks we're informed by our representation out there in the world. And so there's this constant sort of tension between how the kids are viewing themselves in the culture and what their actual experiences are. It was not a, um, you know, it was not a accident that Sam is bringing her white bay to a group of black folks and these black people are being entertained by the idea of this black woman standing up to this white man that she's attracted to. There is a connection there between how we understand these relationships in the culture and how we respond to them in our personal lives. So one, it was just a way to put uh, cultural experience that I hadn't seen in the culture out there but the other part is that it was funny and that it was I'm thematically like, yeah. <laughs> thematically speaking I thought it would be really hard for Sam to take him to that particular viewing night and you know TV's all about making it hard for the character. was so. so who
1: said it um, Ash- Ashley Blaine's character said uh, it she was just like it went off the rails yeah and it's literally the exposition of Scandal like it was good the first <laughs> time, but season. it went way off, way off the
2: rails
0: <laughs> I loved it when cause this was another so real life thing for me was when when right before in the final scene when they're sitting down to watch it and he's like man Troy got arrested for the movement before I did yeah and it was just so funny to me to hear somebody be like movement yeah, yeah, like, yeah I'm like yeah, that yeah. is such a young college kid like <laughs> the movement you yeah, know yeah, yeah, and yeah. then I'm gonna sit down and watch stand-up like. and, be <laughs> ma- and
3: be mad that somebody else <laughs> got, got arrested, arrested <laughs> before <laughs> you but it's true though <laughs> that who I, doesn't want I've that mugshot on the wall <laughs> <Yes>. who doesn't <laughs> want the Prince MLK <laughs> mugshot that's the coolest thing ever oh my god yeah I gotta arrested for protesting once, so you know, whatever. Well,
1: it's chic and it's in vogue for some people now. Like, they don't they don't even see for what it really is supposed to be for. They're like, oh, girl, I got arrested, yeah, girl. Kudos yeah, yeah. to you. Like, girl,
3: I put my mugshot on Tinder yeah, and I'm getting all the swipes. Yeah, no, it's, it's okay. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Alright, well, Justin, you have survived the interview segment, but you know what time it is since you are a fan uh, of the show. Uh, it is time for the rap segment, the rapid-fire
3: questions. Okay
0: all righty all right so i guess you're ready i'm ready to love being. falcon (laughs) or war
3: machine war machine war machine for sure for sure
1: i I know you're into sci-fi but how much of a of a fan geek nerd are you i'm a total nerd i'm a total nerd so this is gonna be easy
3: this really was like a he was debating in your yeah (laughs) yeah. no war machine for sure like you really were okay okay because he left the first impression to be honest with you Mm. but go ahead
0: yep
1: luke cage or black panther Black
3: Panther.
0: Right? The wire are breaking bad.
3: Uh, that's hilarious. I'm gonna be um, <laughs> I'm gonna be controversial. Though. I'm gonna say Breaking Bad. You damn sure oh, are controversial. Be controversial. <laughs> <laughs> they go, see, they go, too. wow, damn, what, listen, what? He should just... <laughs> have. If one more white person asks me if I've seen The Wire, um, oh. go ahead. Oh, that's their that's their favorite show of all time. All time. All time. All time. It's good. It was a really good show. They watch a while to eat avocado toast.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> 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 Mag- on the menu today. Oh my god. I didn't even know what it was until the other day. Anyway, Magneto or Professor X? <laughs> Mind
3: uh, I'm Okay, I believe in Professor X's mission, but I got to go with Magneto. Right. He's so dope. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a badass. Thank you.
0: All right. Uh, Wakanda or Zamunda.
3: Hundred percent Wakanda, because th- these motherfuckers are smart as hell. Yes. They have like technology <laughs> yes. yeah. that people have not even like fathomed before. <laughs> yes. You know, Zamunda is really interesting, but Wakanda—I mean, but Wakanda got it all. If I could be a Wakandan, be lit. I would.
1: <laughs> Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh, I'm betrayed! <laughs> <laughs> we were doing
0: so
3: well. Star Trek, 100, 100 gajillion percent. Yeah. Wow! What do you mean he was
1: doing so well? I just caught that shade. <laughs> <Jay>. Thanks, Ben. <man. laughs> Thank, I already liked you. I liked you even more now. Listen, I love, listen, I love Star Wars as well. i it, it. it. love I'm, it. Check
0: I love them both tracker, too, but yeah, tracker. definitely. Yeah, attacking yeah. yeah. attacking go.
3: go. Still great, but both yeah. go. Yeah. All right, <laughs> <laughs> Superman or Batman? Batman, <laughs> easy, easy, easiest question ever. What's
1: your favorite Wesley Snipes film?
3: Ooh, oh, uh, the Bad Video.
0: Wow, that's the first to say it, and that is a great choice. And it's real. Yes. It really truly is. Wesley is in in the Michael Jackson bad video. Oh, you
1: mean that? That is a good choice. Yes. Yes. Wow. Angie
0: and Carlo up in there too?
1: Giancarlo. He's, no,
0: he he's does? not. No, he's, he's not. not no, but there's no. somebody else. Somebody looks like Yeah, somebody there, there, else there is a famous, that kind of looks like But him. there's somebody
3: who became famous also else in that video, Shoot, I think. I'm drawing a blank. But Martin says he directed. Wow, I didn't even know
0: he did direct it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: That's that's the one. But yeah, me. Wesley, that's a great choice.
0: You're doing wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so good. <laughs> so good.
3: <laughs> you know, he stared me when Sh- I first shouts, saw the bad poster.
1: Since you mentioned him, shouts to Giancarlo for uh, narrating. Oh, uh,
3: man. And being like the nicest hero ever. Us, man, that's a ring. Yes,
0: I I was so hyped when I saw his name in the credits. I was like, "Who? I know that voice." Yeah, yeah. I'm like, (laughs) I I did a project on him in high school. That's how much I loved his acting. Like, I was was showing people he was such a beast. Like, just just three
1: more to go. (laughs) Okay. In any medium, books, TV, film, whatever, what character death hurts you hurt you the most?
3: Character death. Hmm. Wow, there's like a real palpable silence here. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is where Gabe gets. His oh, okay. Scoff from. <laughs> okay, Malcolm X, right? Mm. I mean, like he's not a character, but like, damn, that the scene. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that Absolutely. scene gets me every time. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one that comes to mind. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Who d- oh, yeah. Oh, and, and obviously Drew Barrymore and Scream, obviously. That's, the <laughs> that's a first. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a close second. All right.
0: Comic books or hip hop, one got to go? Which do you Oh, choose? one's got to go?
3: Forever.
1: The entirety of that history. What?
3: Yeah. <laughs> Between comic books and hip hop?
1: Yeah.
3: Are you kidding me? I don't, you know, okay. The world will
1: collapse unless you choose one to get rid of forever.
3: Here's the deal. I'm going to, this feels, this hurts my soul. I'm going to get rid of comic books and here's why. Because I'm a little bored with the adaptations right now. That's really the only reason. (laughs) (laughs) Hip hop was our entree into mainstream culture. I can't get rid of that. Yep. Uh, I mean, I love them both just so much. How dare you guys. (laughs) That's the (laughs) brap. All right. And finally.
1: If you could have any one superpower, what mm. would it be?
3: I want to be Storm, man. Yes! I want to fly. I want to shoot lightning bolts. <laughs> I want to like turn put my X-Men suit on just by going like this. Right. You remember that from the Yeah, a lightning. <laughs> yeah, she would, I don't even know how that <laughs> worked exactly. There's right. it nothing very her powers. Moon of yeah, her. yeah like, how she, did she would you do just this? like lightning and just be in this like white <laughs> pants suit. I mean, that would be that would be the hype. <laughs> She got her romper yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like on my way to a red carpet. You know, oh, give me just give me one situation. second. <laughs> just white pantsuit. Are you swag? Are, are you a gamer? I am. I thought you were saying a gay man, which no, I also. No, well, am. but
1: you <laughs> already established that. No a gamer. I, I'm
3: a gamer light because here's the thing. I enjoy my Nintendo Switch. Very oh, much. Very good. I just got one. So like, I, I'm into like Mario Kart and stuff like that, but like the shoot 'em ups, not so much. And yeah. and I play like I play hella strategy games. So like, yeah. Bliss to me is like Civilization, whichever is the current one. Mm. Like for days. Yeah, <laughs> that, that I, takes I, days. I get my life yeah. in it.
1: The reason why I asked you is because in Dear White People, the show, there mm-hmm. was a scene where Lionel and Troy were yeah. playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Troy was talking about Mario, uh, maybe Mario Kart, Super Mario, and some, yeah, some yeah. Mario, and he's sure. just banging on a controller. But they're holding Xbox controllers did you I, I saw that and i, and I ran it all, i ran it back several times and i first said first of all what i to this gonna, man's a geek but is he a gamer well, listen it's
3: intentional because you know we were uh suppressed uh-huh. By, uh-huh. Got him. we were suppressed by the x uh the blackness of the uh-huh. box was containing us and therefore that's why i did that on, on complete purpose
0: And uh, please,
3: (laughs) please let the internet so the fan bros out there know where they can find you at Justin. All right, so I'm at jsim07 at mostly everything. Facebook, it's D-I-R Justin Simeon. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you guys for having me. And we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more fan bros.
0: And welcome back, fam bros. I know you enjoyed that incredible interview with the brother Justin Simeon, you know, straight out of H-Tune in the house already, you know. So thank you for joining us, Justin. We will be looking out for that next season of Dear White People. Netflix, get on your game and announce that already. You know, I ain't got time to wait. And you know what else I ain't got time to wait for, Tatiana? The guac is
1: extra. Yes, because the guac is extra and you like your guac. So yes, I do. I'm this from Houston. W- <laughs> yes. So this week we have a lot going on. Mad questions, actually. Wow. Um, I don't even know where to start. Hmm. Let's start with... If you had the golden ticket from Last Action Hero... Which three movie worlds would you want to explore? And as a bonus, which movie would you want to choose to live in and never come back to reality if you had to? Signed, Brandon Payton. Mm -hmm. I've never seen Last Action Hero, so I don't know what the golden ticket is. Yep.
0: Oh, it's like the ticket that it lets the dude walk into the uh, film screen and go into any movie he wants to. Like, he goes (gasps) into the world.
1: Oh, Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, that's huge. Yo, on
0: the low, last an action hero is really ill, Tatiana. Like, if it's ever on cable or something, you should peep it. It's like, it's an underrated Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It really is. It makes fun of, like, all his 80s action movies in a, mm-hmm. in a pretty, pretty well done. It's, yeah, it's underrated.
1: Oh, that sounds live as hell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, so, well, LYC answered this question, Brandon, and he wrote in. He said that Tron, just to ride those bikes...
2: Oh yeah,
0: fictional pleasure planet. Um, All right, and
2: hey,
0: I mean, I I can understand that one. And the Fast and Furious world where superheroes exist and you can improbably escape your death based on your coolness alone, (laughs) which is quite true, (laughs) because them dudes are immortal. You know, except for Han. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, Tatiana.
1: Well. I, I there's so many movies I enjoy. Most of them, are the ones that I would want to jump into, are all sci-fi related. Mm-hmm. Um, but only pieces of certain things. So like, yep. I, I don't care. Like I was gonna say Matrix first. I don't care about the dystopic part of. Like I don't want to be involved in that at all. Keep that away from me. But what I would love is the the area where it's all about training and the fact that you can plug in. And learn any skill, learn any language, do, you know, learn whatever physical or or mental thing you need to learn just by plugging in. I would love to be able to to jump in that world and get that popping. Um see, there I feel like there's also so many movies that I love that I would never wanna be a part of. Like I've always loved the original Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. I would never want to be in that because, I mean, they made that mistake five times over. So (laughs) I just, just, (laughs) I don't want to deal. Um... Uh, oh you know what I I would say a lot of the, again I don't want the dystopic part of it but like future, movies that are around in the future or the near future so things like Minority Report because I want to be able to, to mess with all the gear that's in that era but I don't want to be accused of pre-crime shit like that yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I would it's always love the good
0: and the bad. It's the gift and the curse and a lot. Right, lie. It's,
1: it's never like, I, oh, I can have any robot I want and that's my robot companion. But it's gonna kill you, or, yeah. or you know, it's always something like that.
0: See me, like, of course, I would rattle off Star Wars, Star Trek, but at yeah, the same time, I, both of them have, you know, just like the other ones have their huge yeah, problems. Like Star but, Wars is wars. You know, it's not a good world to live in. It's tight.
1: Right. For a I lot mean, of people. Star, for me, Star Trek goes without saying. Yes. Dope. But like you said, then I'd be the one who end up in a red shirt and then it'll be a problem. So <laughs> I, yeah. don't, I don't know. But yes, I, Star Wars and Star Trek. That's a no brainer. Absolutely. I would, you know, I, I would have to figure something out, maybe learn from my training not to get got in these other places, but totally would be in those worlds.
0: If I could rock Captain Kirk in the original series, it's all Star Trek for me, bro.
1: See, you're trying on a pleasure planet. That
0: man was living is all I'm going to (laughs) say on that. That man was living his best life, boy. (laughs) Captain Kirk was (laughs) living his
2: best life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Man, so yeah, I'm going to have to go with that. That's definitely a great question. Fan bros out there, please let us know your answers to that one for real. And let's see what we got next up. Next up, we got one from Rex Soleil who says, Given the choice, would y'all rather leave the world famous, name recognition without substance, or influential substance without name recognition?
1: Oh, I knew you was gonna ask this one. Even... I didn't want.
0: I want to leave the world rich. Uh, that's not <laughs> it. Well, you could
1: be rich and be both famous or influential.
0: I'd rather be wealthy and influential. I don't. But that wasn't people. the
1: question. I like how you, you you dipped out on the actual question.
0: Well, he Do said you... substance without name recognition, so that is the answer. I want substance. I want I want my name to be influential. I mean, I want my work to be influential, and I want to have substance, as in wealth.
1: But see, okay, well, if you see, <laughs> but you're reading because you're interpreting. From from what I ex understood, when he says substance, he means like like for instance. There's people out there that, you know, that are, are famous for being famous, but they don't have anything to them. They are not known for um, leading the world in a certain way, leading the world in terms of social issues. They're not known for being philosophical. They're just famous to be famous. Mm-hmm. I would, I'll would i use Paris Hilton as an example. No shade to anyone who loves Paris Hilton. I'm just using her as an example. When you say that name, she's completely famous. Everyone knows exactly who that is. You have no thoughts no confusion in no mind who that is, but when you think of substance, what comes to mind? Nothing.
0: No, not really. So, so that's
1: what he means by name recognition without substance versus yep. you being having substance, but you don't have rec- name recognition. So so you, you are the dopest you know, leader in the world, but no one really knows who you are. Like someone says your name, they're going to have to Google you.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great. I'm good with that. Then I then I'm okay walk with the, that too. Yeah, because then I can walk the streets and you know people don't bother me, which is awesome. So Agreed. yeah, I'm I'm definitely down with that. I don't need to be famous. I never was a fan of that. That's why I always wanted to be a DJ over being a rapper and things of that nature. Because I just mm-hmm. like and a director, you know. Besides being an actor, those were always my passions: was directing and DJing. And those were both behind the scenes things.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I think it's much more pertinent to be influential than to just simply be world famous like if influential means your legacy can last beyond the era you in your Mm -hmm. name will live forever um hopefully not in infamy but your name will live forever in history and to the point where if you're that influential you'll be in history books you'll be learned about by generations to come and your family name will live on and essentially you'll live forever so i think it's important to be influential
0: Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that one. I'd rather be influential any day. And like I always tell people, I'd rather be, you know, in the long run, I want to be known as someone who said what they said and stood by what they said. And if I was wrong, I want to be, you know, questioned on it and I want to talk about it. But at the same time, I always want to stand for something. You know, that's my thing. I don't ever want to just be someone who flip flops and plays both sides of the fence in Mm -hmm. order to get money or to get name recognition or any of those things. I always wanted to stand for what I believe in and I want to be known for that. So that's definitely a great question. Rex Soleil. One last one we got tonight. Icy Cole ass was thinking earlier of which cinematic franchise will stand the test of time and live on after it's all over, if they ever step. They won't. No. I couldn't watch Star Wars, which is one major one. What? That's that's interesting. But the <laughs> MCU and what they're doing, I feel, is the most exciting and most compelling, beyond even beyond the life of the comic books what again so
1: so forget the star wars part because that 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 really fried your brain up yeah.
0: <laughs> and even beyond the life of the comic books trying to throw me off right like the, icy cold the comic books are 75 years old at this
1: point
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, MC you've been around about 10
1: like you know that's i Not love how of like i love how like we like chopping up people's questions you know like <laughs> i mean i just gotta like yeah you know, i'm like wait you couldn't watch star wars yeah i don't know about I, that, that one on you everybody. i don't know about that one sounds that's like so cool. a personal
0: problem um yeah but which franchises do you feel will stand the test of time tatiana
1: So, when they say cinematic franchise, like, which specific characters franchise will will stand a test of time? No,
0: like, yeah, I mean, because he says the MCU in general is going to stand a test of time, which I agree.
1: I agree. But, like, I mean, if we're going to just be on surface level and say MCU versus DECU, then No, but there's other. Let's go with, like... Like, are we talking... To me, when someone says franchise, I'm thinking Iron Man franchise. Uh, Um. Captain America franchise, like I'm thinking, like more on the character level.
0: Okay, but let's think about like the Matrix, Lord of the Rings. Um, oh,
1: any franchise, so not just yeah,
0: not just not just the comic book franchises. Like he said, he couldn't watch Star Wars, but you know it stands the test of time. Star Trek stands oh, the test of time.
1: Oh, okay, you okay, know, okay.
0: Would the well, Matrix as a trilogy stand the test of time?
1: I, you know, I think it has. Like I've I watched the Matrix uh, a few weeks ago. The original. And, yeah, like, you know, you you see things now, like, you're like, oh, you know, at the time that technology was dope and it's like, it's a little sketchy now. But the story is still incredible.
2: Yes. So,
1: and I think there's a lot of things like that. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm trying to think of one that that would not necessarily work today. Well, mm. a lot of stuff from the '80s. I'm sorry, but a lot of stuff from the '80s. Some of it, like it's, it's cool, and I know that that was a, a precursor to a lot of the things we see today. But there's some in mm. the '80s. Movies. Okay, like, like what's what? More- like,
0: like Alien stands the test of time. Well, Alien, sure.
1: Know? Um, I've never Tom seen Hater. it. I've never seen it before, and didn't know anything about it until I actually really um I saw the first Guardians of the Galaxy. But Howard the Duck.
0: Oh, that didn't stand the test of time then. Howard the Thomas, I mean, Howard the Duck was terrible. All
1: right, well then that's my example. No, <laughs> that was, no, like, that was ooh, I didn't even know that what was that so was. Bad. Like I saw the oh. first guard of the galaxy. I'm like, who's this thing? Yeah,
0: the comic book is a classic, but the Howard the Duck movie was done by George Lucas and is widely considered one of the worst films ever. It's terrible. And that was in
1: the eighties, right?
0: Yeah, and it, but I mean okay. it was terrible then. It was
1: oh.
0: <laughs> it, it was known instantly when it came out. This sucks yeah no,
1: no. Uh, okay well that would be one of them I mean it, you know what I'm also I'm just thinking in, in the stuff that's most prevalent to me like mm-hmm. that was in late 90s early 2000s so all that stuff is still new-ish I don't see yeah. any of that really losing tarnish anytime soon or, or yeah. being tarnished anytime soon
0: I think Lord of the Rings stands the test of time. I don't think The Hobbit even stood the test of, like, that year. But But wouldn't that be
1: part of the Lord of the Rings?
0: Yeah, well, it's tarnished by that. But if you do that, you got to tarnish the Star Wars by the prequels. And you got to tarnish Star Trek by, like you know half of the series so it's like
1: well damn <laughs> i mean you know i thought you so, was gonna say lens flare but okay <laughs> oh i mean you got you know, some of that too you know something.
0: <laughs> you know beastie boys on a motorbike you know there's a few things there's
1: nothing we- wrong with beastie boys on a motorbike <laughs> oh, okay no there,
0: ain't. no there ain't i can't even lie i like that joint uh so yeah it's it's tough because but i was so thrown off by the part about the comics like you know like the mcs you know <laughs> that's interesting Like, (laughs) well, word of advice, we
1: might, we, word of advice, we might chop up your question if you ask us something funny.
0: (laughs) And I got to give a big shout out to Edge from Amsterdam because they asked, Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure we answered your question on a previous episode, Edge. So I think you need to go back into archives and check that out. You know, a few people might need to, you know, make sure you're subscribed on Fan Bros. Show, iTunes, SoundCloud. You know all that good stuff and as always send in your questions to contact at fanbros.com or hit us on the twitter hit us on the instagram yo y'all you all is popping on the instagram today thank you yep. for that if we didn't get to your question this week we will get to it soon don't you worry we are always listening always reading always checking out thank you for your input love to all y'all And now it's time for some...
2: Tech Talk
1: with Tabiana. And this week in tech news, the biggest news right now. There's a lot of big news, but particularly, especially for DJ Ben, I mean, Overwatch. There is a new map in the beta, and it is the moon.
0: Yes, it is now Overwatch in
1: Spain. (laughs) So, have you, um, are you, do you use any, like, do you go on, like, the beta server to actually, or is that only no. for the PC players? That's for the No,
0: the, that's only for the PC players, but yeah, you know me, players. I was up on it as soon as I saw the news drop on Twitter yesterday. You know, just with everything Overwatch, they always just do real dope ways of introducing this. They did some lore where it was, like, a bunch of emails between Winston, and not the ape Winston, the original Winston, because Winston's named after the scientist who raised him. And it's so, it's like some emails in the past because everyone knows who plays Overwatch that Winston was raised on the moon and eventually the rest of the apes like him rebelled and Winston fled because they killed the rest of the humans and Winston fled to Earth and oh, joined yeah. The Overwatch. Yeah, it's a, you know, he had a rough life. Joined <laughs> the Overwatch and became the Winston we all know and love today. So these emails on this, you know, Twitter were from the past and they're basically like leading up to this ape. Um, Revolution, But the interesting thing about him is there's there's a mention of Winston, and there's a mention of this other ape, Hammond. And they say that Hammond and Winston escaped, and they don't really know where either of them are. But Hammond has never been mentioned before in Overwatch lore, so it's interesting to see where where they're going with this. They said that there's going to be, you know, the map is on the moon, but they haven't said anything else about it other than... That you know about whether a new character like Doomfist is coming. The craziest thing that I saw Tatiana was that people were saying that Doomfist is going to be Hammond, so it's going to be this giant ape oh, with this giant bone. That
1: would that would make a lot of sense. And I'm, are they purposely biting the Planet of the Apes situation? I mean, you know,
0: how can you not bite Planet of the Apes? Speaking of, you know, trilogies or, you know, franchises that stand the test of time. That's another one. So Winston, boom, you
1: know. Winston has always reminded me of Beast as well. Uh, the, the Fox cartoon. Yes. Like, yes. Like, that, that complete like like yeah. homage to Beast. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I can tell you is the new map is called Horizon Lunar Colony.
0: Yep, because that is the colony that Winston escaped from, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Overwatch, and they also said that they're going to have an event lined up every month until the end of the year now. Because right now they're in the middle of their one-year anniversary event. This event will probably drop at the – the moon joint will probably drop at the end of June because it's already in the test servers, like you said. And they're going to have one lined up for every month till the end of the year. So it's like, yo, know, they have been killing it through their first year and are not playing, you know, keeping it going because I'm still completely hooked. Look me up on there, DJ Space ben Tatiana is Black Rain X. You know, we will get it in anytime. Mm-hmm. Xbox Live. Let us know.
1: Whenever yes. I actually log in, because I've been stuck on the Nintendo Switch. Ah,
0: I've been I playing,
1: know. I've been playing Zelda like crazy, son.
0: Yo, I've been trying to get back to Injustice too, and I can't because I gotta get these damn loot boxes for this anniversary event. Like, that's why I hate Overwatch and love it at the same time. Cause it's like I want to play other games, but it's just gotta get that loot, gotta get that loot. Mm-hmm, 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 so, you know, as always, check us out, like I said, we're on EdSpots Live, we got some big things coming, you know, for all the gamers out there, all the streamers, you know, things of that nature, but we'll talk about that a little later on, because right now it's time for some comics, hi, hi, so much reverb and echo in this episode. A lot of booming things in your system for you. And this week, I'm actually a little behind because, you know, it's this weekend. It's the holiday weekend, you know, down in the H-Town eating crawfish and shrimp and you know, <laughs> sipping on a little something, you know, big. Oh, man, I I I, I did. I should have done this earlier, but congratulations to my niece for graduating from high school this Congrats. week.
2: Congrats!
0: What? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. See you out there in of... Congratulations, you know, so that was me. So I'm a little behind this week. But Saga does return this week with issue number 43. They've been on a hiatus for the last few months. If you've up to date and have read up to issue 42, you know how it ended. And that was a joint that I needed him to take a break after. Like, that joint is rough. Like, Saga is always can be a very heartbreaking, you know, very uplifting, and then break your heart in the next page book. And that was one of the roughest endings to an issue, to an arc that I've read in a long time. And I really needed a break. And I can't wait to see what's going on right now. I even haven't, I haven't even had a chance to read it yet. But, you know, if you're not reading Saga, go start at issue one. Go pick up that first trade.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: you're you're good. You know, you are good money. That, that's the one, like I always say, if you've never read a comic book, I always recommend Saga. Like, it will, you know, change your opinion of comic books. So definitely check that out. Also out this week is Secret Empire number three from Marvel, continuing Marvel's big summer event where Captain America has become a member of HYDRA and taken over the world. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. I'll, like I always say, once it's done, we'll give it the full review. We'll probably be talking about it more this week on Twitter and some other places. So look forward to that. Some Also, Captain America, Sam Wilson featuring Captain America, the other one, the black dude who's now the Flash. Not the Flash, the Falcon. <laughs> I mean, you to see me, the Falcon. You know, Sam Wilson used to be the Falcon. Now he's Captain America. All involved in this whole Secret Empire big event that's going on. Uh, You know, like I say, Saga is out this week. I also finished (laughs) the, the last trade of God Hates Astronauts. And once again, I'm recommending that book. It's only three trades long. It's by Ryan Brown, and it's just completely ridiculous and hilarious and just a great time. So if you need something light and funny to read, definitely check out God Hates Astronauts. And in some other Marvel news, they announced this week that they're doing Venomverse this summer because they said there won't be any big overarching, like, Secret Empire crossovers for a while, but little book, like, you know, each series, like, each series of book, each franchise, Mm -hmm. like the Spider-Man books will have their own crossovers. So this summer we're getting Venomverse, Where a bunch of characters get infected with the symbiotes that are Venom and they fight another alien race. So basically it just gives Marvel and it's used to make, you know, Venomized versions of all their characters. There's going to be a Spider-Man Venom, I mean Spider-Ham Venom named Uh, Pork Grind. Why? Because. How can you not have a Spider-Pig Venom and call him Pork Grind? I mean... You know, this is comments at its best fault. Was I'm
1: there, actually, wasn't there yeah. a spider pig on an episode of uh, Simpsons? Like, it was a pig that they dressed up in, like, a Spider-Man costume? I yes, yes, and he
0: walked up the walls, yeah. Okay, spider yes. Spider pig,
1: spider <laughs> yes. pig.
0: Yeah, yeah there, yes. well, and that's actually a reference because for years in Marvel, there's been a character, Spider-Ham, which is a pig-man version of Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham. <laughs> And I mean, this is this goes way yeah. back in Marvel. Like you know, he's been a character. He's had his own series. You know, where it's just a world full of animals. It's that type of thing. And Spider Ham. So now Pork Grind.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think there's any other way to just drop the mic after that one and finish wait. off a comic I cop because
1: wait, you know. and who's publishing that one? Marvel. Right, the same Marvel who had oh. a problem with Diverse. Okay.
0: I mean, you know, you can get a pig as Spider-Man, but you know,
1: right? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, I was saying I was looking forward to this, but now, yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. You when put you put it, it
1: in that context, it's like, oh.
0: <laughs> there is to be a Black Panther though, and he's going to get a Venom suit. T'Challa is getting a Venom suit, so that is. Oh, that's you know, hot. I mean, you know, Black Panther kick ass no matter what. Like right, you know, there was but- a recent. Whoa. There's a recent issue of Ultimates where Black Panther kicks this armored like an Iron Man type person's ass and he is in his underwear. Black Panther's in his underwear and the other person's Iron Man and he whoops his ass. That's comics. Again. Wow. And that's it for Comics I cop this week. <laughs> As always, you know, use the hashtag comics I copped on Twitter, on Instagram. Let me know what you're copping. Hit me up at DJ Ben, I mean, hit up Fan Bro Show, you know, send us those pics. Thank you to everyone who's been using that hashtag. Much more to come from comics I copped. You know, might get a little, little, little podcast action on comics I copped real soon. So look out for that. Look out. And speaking of comics, Sin City is coming to television.
1: Oh, so they are not done with it. Okay.
0: No, they're going to do a live action series. You know, I I assume in the same style as the Sensity movies with the right. cartoon look.
3: Uh, mm-hmm. Frank
0: Miller himself will not be involved, which honestly oh. at this point is probably for the best. <laughs> and, um, you know, they're going right ahead with it. I don't think Robert Rodriguez is involved either, though, which is definitely not for the best. Because he is the reason like, that that worked in the first place. So... Hopefully, they manage to ape his style and make this work. We'll see what happens. Huh? You know, I'm shaky on that one. Shaky, shaky.
1: Wow. Yep.
0: And anything else before we get out of here, Tatiana?
1: Yes. Big shout to Janelle Monet, who is going to be playing opposite Juno Temple in the Electric Dreams and Thaldi series. She's going to be in an episode titled Autofact. She is actually going to play a villain, and I cannot freaking wait. Janelle yeah. is dope in general. I love Philip K. Dick, his stories, and to just see the two come together. I mean, Janelle Monet is her 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 previous moniker, the Arc Android. So this is just freaking amazing. I'm really happy for that.
0: And she's the villain, too. That is so yes. ill because you know the villain gets to eat that scene up. like Yes, she that
2: scenery. And you,
0: and you already saw her. And I was watching Hidden Figures on the plane the other day, and she murders that joint so mm-hmm. much. So, yo, you know who else I'm really effing with right now is uh, Jessica Chastain. I peeped, oh. this, I peeped this joint on uh, Miss Sloan on the plane as well. It's this film about um, yeah. this woman who battles, like, the gun industry yep. as a lobbyist. Yo, that joint is ill. I'd never heard of her before. And she eats. And my girl, um, Gugu, uh, Gugu, Raw. Bat-
1: uh, raw? Yeah. Yes.
0: Ooh, both of them in that yes. film are murder, yo. Check that joint out. Miss Sloan. You know, there's a little, you know, big shout outs to the Chico Leo. That's a little pick of the weed for you. I was actually going to recommend on Netflix this week, everyone check out Hassan Menhaj, yes. his uh, new Netflix special. I'm not finished with it. I got like 40 minutes into it, and it is just fire.
1: That's his one-man comedy, right? Special. Yes.
0: Oh, my God. It's so good. Like, he's a great storyteller. He's a great one-liner. I'm You know, I'm a big fan of comedy specials, especially when they're really well done. Like, I love studying how people put them together, and... This dude is doing it right now. Check out that joint, Hassan Minhaj. It's on Netflix. You know, it's new, just dropped, and, you know, absolute fire. So definitely check that out. Also, definitely check out Miss Sloan. I'm not sure if it's on DVD or whatnot yet, but. You can find it. Yeah, and Jessica Chastain. Ooh, man, she is eating. Eating. I, I ain't even know. I'm Make sure
1: no. you guys, especially the new listeners and the current listeners, if you have not done so yet, you are sleeping because if you listen to the Fan Bros and you know anything about us, you know we love our Loot Crates. Hit up LootCrate.com slash Fan and use the code Fan to get a percentage off of your Loot Crate subscription. Loot crates are the monthly subscription box that have the dopest stuff in it, the most exclusive stuff that you cannot get anywhere else. We always talk about the fly gear we always get. Love the t-shirts, love the figurines. I mean, in the last one, we had like this color change Batman mug. It was really cool. Uh, Listen, just make sure you are going to lootcrate.com slash FAMBROS and using the code FAMBROS to get your Loot Crate.
0: Word up. And as always, like we say, make sure you're subscribed to Fan Bros Show on Twitter, on Instagram. You know, keep up with all of our whole wide range of shows here at Fan Bros Show. You know, we got our own little mini network under the Loudspeed Network. Okay. You can find the Slam Bros Show, you know, for all your wrestling needs featuring mm-hmm. L-O-Y-C and Bowman. Then you can head on over to the Scream Squad and check out, you know, their reviews on the horror, the actual breakdown, you know, of the yes. social soulful- impacts of various genres of horror, like definitely one of our iller shows right there, you know, yes. like gets really deep, features Chico Leo, you know, Jamie Rigetti is moving on, but she'll be back for special events. And, you know, we got a new co-host coming in very soon for that. And, of course, the Outlaw Bars, you know, Ty Towne, you gotta let him know. You know, yes. I know somebody just had a birthday over there, too, I think.
1: Yes, happy birthday, Simply Chopay, one yes, of yes. three hosts of Outlaw Bars, the premier anime podcast. Mm-hmm. They talk everything about anime. I mean, anything you can think about, any questions you have about anime, any discussions you want, they have it, and they're awesome. They are so much fun to listen to. Shouts to Chopay, shouts to Deadly Diva, and shouts to Bruja Bantan.
0: hmm So like I said, you know, that's Fan Bros Show for all your geek needs. Then you can get... You know, your Slam Bros show for your wrestling needs from the urban geek perspective. Of course, we got Scream Squad for the horror and Outlaw Bars for the anime. Plus, much more coming soon. You know, oh, I mean, I I can't even say too much, but we got something really special. Big shout outs to New Flow Creative because I'm looking at something right now that is Mm. just, oh, just came down the pike. You know, something real big coming to our t-shirt store very soon. So look out for that. A lot of big things coming in 2017. As always, thank you all for your support, your love, your questions, your comments, all that good stuff. Hit me up, DJ Ben Amin. Hit up Tatiana King at Tatiana King. And, you know, we'll be back next week with more of
2: this.